Make your voice heard on the law offices of Rod Polston, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line at 405-329-9000. Sound off on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's time for The Rush with Butkus Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. There is not a better excitement. There's the spirit in the game of college baseball is really powerful because when you, if you get this place packed, when they start going boomer sooner, boomer sooner, boom, and all of a sudden that old that old uh, pitcher butt puckers like that, you know, that that's that's spirit, man. You know, that's what it's really about. Really well said there by. Skip Johnson, <laughs> gotta love it. Uh, it's my favorite thing ever. I, no one can disagree with him. No, <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Uh, really well said. I mean, <laughs> puts it plainly what it's like whenever you get a good crowd up there um, at El Dell. Boomer sooner, boomer sooner, boom. and all of a sudden that old that old uh, pitcher. Butt puckers like that, you know. <laughs> I like it. He says that old that old pitcher. Yeah, <laughs> is there like a zoom where he's... I think there's a zoom and he does like the little pucker <laughs> inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, amazing. The one time I regret we don't have any sort of video feed on the show. Uh, Teddy was doing that. He was after after he had that answer. Did the reporters say thanks, coach, or no? Are we done with that? No, they still do that. Hey, Coach, thanks for your time today. Really appreciate it before we get to the next reporter. Yeah. And then that reporter has to say, hey, thanks for taking out some time today. Really appreciate it. Wait until uh, Skip sees when uh, Pete Hughes comes to town. <laughs> oh, God. Ooh, that's going to be a vulgar, some vulgar afternoons there. I love it. I love it. Good stuff. Uh, have you seen anything else trickle out? I'll tell you what I thought was interesting when Beaton Bow was up, you know, he was obviously in, he was asked about going to USC and Lincoln Riley. I thought his answer was awesome. He said, I'm not from Oklahoma. I didn't play here, but this is my home. Uh, and when I'm done coaching, I'm, I, I will, I'm going to retire here. So cool. I, I thought that was. I thought that's really cool from Beanbow. Yeah, he's got a house in uh, at Grand Lake, I guess. Yeah. I uh, did not know that, but good for him. Yep. Good for him. Kale Gundy said that Theo Weiss has looked great in workouts and is getting back to full speed. Quote, expect big things out of him. That's very nice to hear. In terms of guys that you're really rooting to have a great 2022 season, I feel like he's there at the top of the list. Why? Um... Because he's the last holdover of that three five-star receiver class, and he seems like a pretty good kid, and he seems like he's worked hard and put his head down. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe no one cares at all if he has a good season. I guess I just had the feeling that a lot of people do. It's amazing, isn't it? He's one of the last holdovers, but he wasn't a five-star. right? He was the four-star, wasn't he? Theo Weiss? No. Oh, I I thought you were talking about Mims. Sorry, God, sorry, sorry. God, if you'd sorry. actually listen to me one time, I know Ed, this show would really start to take off. It'd be impressive, wouldn't it? Jeez. Um. Yeah. I 
I think that I think he could definitely do some big stuff. Now, did you see this two twelve club? No, not two twelve. No, no. So OU has because you remember the Venables the the one degree difference between two eleven and two twelve, right? That that one degree makes all the difference, boiling point of water and all that stuff. So, um, in workouts, if you are one of the guys that's going above and beyond. They, you get to be in the 212 club. Right now, there are six players that have made the 212 club. Do you think you can guess any of the guys? Six players in the 212 club. I will guess Braden Willis is on there. Uh, Braden Willis is not on the list. Jaron Kanak. No. God, I'm going to go through the whole roster and not get anyone. Here's. Here's you want one more guess? Uh, yeah, I'll do one more guess. I'll say that Eric Gray is on the list. Yes, nailed it. At least I got one. At really least I'm not nicely go home. done. At least I'm not going to go home empty-handed here. Here's your six guys right now that are members of the two twelve club, and again, these are the guys that are going above and beyond everyone else right now. Jeffrey Johnson, defensive tackle, transfer from Tulane. Okay. McCade Matower, offensive line transfer from Cal. Guess all the other guys coming from other schools are the only ones working hard. That's only two. Dylan Gabriel, <laughs> quarterback transfer from the University of Central Florida. Eric Gray, as That's you mentioned. Four transfers so far. Tennessee Jeez. transfer. And then Marvin Mims, okay. which is a good name on there. I really was interested in this one. Woody? Washington. Washington. Wow. Huh? Okay. That's your six guys. Six hard workers on this team, and four of them are transfers from somewhere else. What do you think about that? What does that list tell you, if anything? Um, I, I mean, I think it's, I think it's extremely telling that guys that were kind of born and raised in this program maybe don't have the same mentality as guys outside of it. I mean, it's a pretty small sample size to go off of, but, I mean, even in that small sample size, you can at least tell something. Right. Four different guys? Um, there's going to be more guys make the, make the group, and I, it makes a little bit of sense, right? Whenever you're coming in, we're transferring in, you're trying to earn your spot. Uh, you're around unfamiliar people. No one really knows what what you've done on the field, what work you've put in. So there's a little bit extra incentive to go above and beyond the call uh, for those guys. But I have I had the same reaction as, as you that we got six guys and four of them are transfers. Does that say something about the work ethic of the the guys on roster now that that have been here? And I don't think I don't think you can make that leap. Um, okay, then we'll then justify the four out of the six here. Well, would, please. That's kind of what I was saying. That whenever you're a transfer, you're going to go above and beyond. Um, I I'm not suggesting that they're giving anything away, except for Dylan Gabriel. You always have to give your quarterback those those type of you know 
Yeah, yeah. There's no way that he actually earned it. Dylan Gabriel, they're just catering to the quarterback. Well, Jeez. the quarterback always gets the benefit of the doubt on stuff like this. Always. Okay. Just how it goes. No, okay, dude. Oh, he's a great I'll leader. Take your word for the it. Quarterback. We gotta we gotta praise the quarterback. Great leader. He's getting destroyed in the drills out there, but he's a great leader. Um Unbelievable. I it's hard for me because if I was, let's say, a defensive tackle, I, let's say I'm Jalen uh, Redman, I've been looked at by a lot of people to be the guy that takes that next step in the in the void of of uh, production that is there on the defensive line. Some people are saying that I'm going to be the the standout, the guy that kind of takes over as the the breakout player. I would take it as a personal insult. Are you kidding me? Absolutely. Like, you're the guy returning and some dude from Tulane is now on that list and not you? Right. It's his money-making year, man. I would take that as a personal insult. Heck yeah. But here's the thing. Just because Jeffrey Johnson has got that membership, it doesn't mean that the other guys aren't aren't doing really, really, really well in all of the things that are being asked of them, too. Like, right now, those are just the guys that have made the list. I think more are going to come, and I think some of those guys are going to eventually get there, but um, I don't know. I kind of viewed it the same way, but... I do like the idea of the whole, what is it, 212 club or whatever it is. I like that. Um I, I, I'm sure last year and the years before that, they just awarded everyone in the Kettlebell Club. You know, in terms of helmet stickers, that's what OU should have been doing the past four to five years. Is like every time you uh, do something good, you get a Kettlebell sticker on your helmet. That would have fit really nice. Uh, a Kettlebell sticker or a TheraBand? Hey, guys, anytime you complete one of our tough 20-minute workouts at home, you get a Kettlebell sticker on your helmet. Uh-oh, we moved up to the 30-pound kettlebells. Who wants a new sticker? Jeez. That's funny. Yeah, I, I don't know. I thought sure that they was... they were working out in Lululemon pants the past few years. Hey, there's no reason to maliciously slander Lululemon in this, okay? Let's keep this focused on the outgoing regime. No reason to bring Lululemon into it. <laughs> that says the guy that wears Lululemon in here two to three times a week. I'm wearing some Lululemon pants right now. It, are you? Oh, nice. Yeah. Whatever, dude. High roller. He's a baller. He can afford the Lululemon pants. You're not. You have not made it until you pay a hundred dollars for sweatpants. I. Yeah. I. Which here, okay. With inflation, here all I did. I paid a tank of gas for sweatpants. There's nothing. That's that's pretty tank, standard. Tank of gas. Here's the thing, though. You. I won't ever buy a pair of those because I'm sure that they are awesome and super comfortable. Like, mm-hmm. the minute that you buy Lululemon pants, everything else that you wear goes to crap. It's like, <laughs> how was I ever surviving with my good old Old Navy jeans that I had on? Forget that now. I would laugh and say that's dumb, but there is a lot of truth to what you're saying in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of truth to that. Um, I don't know, man. I, I've been reassured that don't assume that everyone else on the team isn't doing phenomenal right now because 
you've got these six guys that have made the 212 club. So I don't know. I, I, I'm really happy with everything that I've heard and what's going on up there. And I hope it continues into spring ball. They're going to have a long winter. Those guys are a lot of winter workouts. Is Skip Johnson uh, basically predicting what it's going to be like for those players up there? Butt puckers like that, you know. <laughs> Is that what's going on? You're about to happen. That clip hits a whole nother level whenever you eliminate everything else and just play that little Butt spot. puckers like that, you know. <laughs> That is if that didn't get you out to the park this spring, I really don't know what's going to. Wait, was that on Toby's show this morning? No, what that was, was on a Zoom with the media yesterday. <laughs> Could you imagine what those guys thought about that? Butt puckers like that, you know? Oh, man, that is the funniest thing. I absolutely love I, that. No, I, I genuinely I think it's amazing. <sighs> I, I hope it happens more often. What are we saying about Junior Day this weekend? Are we expecting they have a they have an unbelievable collection of talent coming in. Any um, five star kids? They'll have some five star. The, the The bad news they did they did get some bad news yesterday. Dylan Edwards, who is a three star, but he's a running back. But he's one of those guys that I guess they have plans for him to play running back, but to also play wide receiver. Like one of those guys. Sure. Super athletic, super fast. Um, he was supposed to visit this weekend. There's a thought that, oh, you might have a chance to get a commit from him this weekend. He announced yesterday that he's going to Arkansas. He's going to Fayetteville this weekend instead. Oh, really? So that's that's a tough one, but they still – they've got some big-time prospects coming in. Jacoby Johnson, a local kid out of Mustang, will be in. He's a top 65 overall player in this year's class. But what I like is – you know, they've got talent coming in from all over. You've got Oklahoma kids coming in. Right. You've got Texas kids coming in. You've got Florida kids coming in. It's it's all all where they're trying to be right now. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I Richard Young, he was ranked as the number one running back. I think he dropped to number three via 24-7 sports. Um, he's coming in this weekend. OU's got some ground to make up there, but – the the visitor list is and, and that's what I was saying to Parker two days ago. You don't have to wait until September for Britt Vittable's first big Saturday. Uh Saturday is Britt Vittable's first big Saturday as the OU head football coach. Now is this a like an official junior day or is this just happened to be that some guys are coming in? No, I, I feel like they built it up for this to be a, a really big weekend. Okay, and are they going to continue to have those throughout the spring? I don't know what the plan is. Probably not. I, it's hard for me to think that they're going to have another junior day like that's this big. I'm sure they'll have another big event, but this is going to be pretty massive. I'm interested to see how big of a deal they make the spring game. Because if it were me, I would make the spring deal a huge recruiting weekend because if you were, in my mind, if you were ever going to make the spring game a big recruiting weekend, this would be the year to do so. Because I think we'll probably be looking at our highest attendance ever for that day. Just because of all the excitement that's there. Uh, yeah. Baker and Kyler might get their statue revealed that day. That should be a highly, highly, highly attended spring game. Am I correct? I feel like someone said Mar- uh, April 30th for the spring game. Yeah, someone, that's not official. But someone did tell us that a couple of weeks back. Right. I got to think that that's 
doesn't that have to be one of the later spring games? Yeah. Which, you know, that maybe Normally they interrupt the Masters, which I think is hilarious every single year. That's my favorite. I, I that may be another reason that they're starting late is to have a really late spring game if they are making it a huge event because you know there's a handful of weekends right there in the middle of April where everyone's kind of having their spring games and if you want to stand out and get more of those the guys that you want and not have to compete with as many schools maybe that's a reason to move it back I'm not sure but um I don't know interesting all right quick time out More from The Rush coming up. Final hour rolls on next. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. An energy savings agreement from Air Comfort Solutions can maximize your home's energy efficiency. It can keep your AC and furnace systems working properly all year long and save you money by reducing costs from separate AC and furnace tune-up. Those aren't the only... Tyler and Teddy inside the Brown O'Haver studio on this Thursday. Keep it coming on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 651-3439. Uh, speaking of the text line, this one says, actually we have several of these. I missed it. What is the 212 Club? The 212 Club, OU put out a video of the off-season workouts going on over there in the indoor, and you heard Coach Venables talking about um, that one degree, that how important that one degree extra is, and he's talking about 211 versus 212. 212, boiling point of water, and at 211, you don't have anything happening. At 212, you've got a lot of things happening, and that's what makes all the difference. So the 212 Club is the guys that are going above and beyond that extra one degree, and there's been six players so far that have made that 212 club. and Four of them are uh, transfers yeah. or former transfers. Yeah, we got what? Gray, Metower, Johnson, uh, the D-tackle, and who's the other? Uh, Gabriel. That's your four transfers. And then you had Mims, the wide receiver, and then you had Eric Gray, running back. Yeah. Hey, we were talking recruiting for a little bit last segment. One oh, more no, thing. sorry. Woody Washington. Eric Gray was one of the transfers. The newest uh, top 247, the 24-7 sports, their newest rankings came out. Uh, OU has, or excuse me, the state of Oklahoma has four players ranked inside the top 172. Wow. So it's a, it's a pretty good year for the state. Luke has number 65 overall. He's a tight end out of Bixby. He's going to Arkansas. What do you think of, uh, about him? Uh, he's a good player, but OU, yeah. I mean, that's just it's just not going to happen. Jacoby Johnson listed as an athlete at a Mustang. We talk about him a lot on Locked In. 6'3", 183. Feel like uh, OU's in a pretty good spot for him. 6'3", huh? 123, uh, 123 nationally. Going to be a, a wide receiver most likely? Um, that's kind of tough to say at this point. And that was, okay, this kind of leads to a conversation. Is with the previous staff, I would probably say yes, just because there was an offensive-minded head coach that was, you know, in a lot of ways, judge, jury, and executioner on on how everything, you know, looked in the program. I wonder, though, because they are recruiting a lot of guys that are just listed as athletes. Yeah. It seems like 
they'll find guys that have the measurables that they like or the upside, even if they're listed as an athlete, and they'll figure it out later on. I wonder if more of these guys will be converted to the defensive side of the ball, seeing how different this staff is compared to the previous staff. Right. And I know Billy Bowman was kind of a tweener guy, and they ended up putting him on defense, but it felt like, for the most part, if you could play both under Lincoln, you were going to play offense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I would hope that some of those guys get a chance on the defensive side. I, I think the defensive coaches get an opportunity, like a 6'3", 185-pound corner. Okay, I'm, I'm down for something like that. By Job, community Christian, so he's a Norman kid. Uh, he's, he's flying up uh, rankings right now on both 24-7 and on three. And then uh, Micah Tease, who if there is an OU lean, a heavy OU lean out of, the, out of that group, it's definitely him. Another athlete, 5'11", uh, 180, uh, Booker T. Washington kid. The By Job, I think, is, I think is really interesting. Um, Do you know how the staff feels about that whole situation? By Job? Yeah. I don't. Now, have, they've offered him, right? Yeah. Uh, they've offered him. Alabama has offered him. Alabama is all over the state right now. Right. Um, I wonder if I wonder if that has anything to do with like a, a preemptive strike for Oklahoma going to the SEC. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, or maybe it's just a just really good a, year. It, it kind of seems, especially at the top, it's a really good, really good class for the state of Oklahoma. I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know how they feel about the by Job kid. If they've offered him, they obviously. Well, I just more about the situation and how they feel about getting him to OU. I I honestly don't know. I he's he's interesting to me. I think he's got some really good tools. I think he's got. Um, I think he's got like some really high upside, but I just don't. I don't. I don't know. I mean, he hadn't played football for very long at all. Like, he hadn't played football for four years. And it right and which I, that doesn't have to be a negative. That could that could actually be a positive in this thing. No, but it's, that's true. Here's my thing, though. Here's what I worry about, and let me just say right off the top that this is not. My expertise. I've never met him. I've I've seen a like a highlight reel is about all I have. But I have heard some people talk about him. They and they speak highly of him. But one of the things that I heard and it caught me, it caught me kind of interesting. He, so I think he's he's a basketball player, right? Well, yeah. I mean, that's he's a transfer student. Right. Um, from and, like the D.C. area or something like that? Well, he, he's actually from overseas. Okay. Foreign exchange student. And initially, that was his first love. Like, he had hoop dreams right. coming over here. And while he was in the States, he figured out halfway through his freshman year, started playing football, and it was like, oh, God, I, this kid's pretty good. Yeah. Well, and maybe he loves football. But, like, my worry is if – like basketball's like the true love there and like that's not going to happen okay well I'll try this football thing that doesn't go very well at the D1 level as competitive and cutthroat as it is 
you better absolutely love football because life will be really miserable if you don't. And that's the one thing that that is like a little caveat in there. Now, if he's falling in love with the game, the preparation it takes, like the offseason it takes, the weight room, like you got to love the weight room to be a, a defensive line edge guy. You, you have to. So that's the one – that's the kind of my sticking point there. And But I haven't heard from I anyone that that's not the case right. for whatever that's worth. Right, right, right. I'm uh, with you. This is the year of the quarterback in this recruiting class, by the way. The top three players uh, currently by 24-7 sports are all QBs. I know you're rolling your eyes at that uh, one a yeah, little bit. Shocker. Arch Manning is number one. Malachi Nelson at number two, USC. Uh, commit right now, and then you got another quarterback out of the state of California at number three. Yeah, but you've got a uh, lot of quarterbacks inside the uh, top fifty this year. Anyone else in the top fifty, top twenty that Oklahoma's in on, or that they that they're they're taking a um like like they really are are going after these guys like they want them and they're going to be in on their recruiting big time not just kind of floating a, an offer I out mean, there yeah, like I mean yeah I mean there's several um I mean Jackson Arnold is ranked as the number 35 overall player he's right. a quarterback commit and he's trending towards five star territory which you know we're so used to having the number one overall quarterback around here that I'm sure Jackson Arnold's a great player I mean he's got a Bama offer he's got an Ohio State offer he's committed to OU but since he's only a four-star and not the number one quarterback in a class, I feel like we're all like, oh, I mean, okay, well, we'll we'll see if he develops into a good player. We'll we'll see. Yeah. But he's trending towards that. Yeah. Several. Richard Young, number thirty-three overall player. He'll be in there this weekend. There's there's quite a bit that they're after, man. Nice. All right. Well, um, hopefully, are we going to get? Commitments coming out of this weekend thing, or is that? I set the over under at two and a half, and went with the, I went with the over on that one. But the whole Dylan Edwards thing, not coming to Norman now, going to Fayetteville, um, that shakes me a little bit. Ah, I wouldn't worry about that. Speaking of uh, quarterbacks, I was reading a like Heisman prediction story today on ESPN, and I could I continue to just be amazed. I don't think it's necessarily wrong. I do think that he does not get the credit he deserves. But it's like this whole conversation of, okay, well, who's the favorite to win the Heisman? Okay, but who's actually going to win the Heisman? Okay, but who's a dark horse that we're not really talking about to win the Heisman? And Stetson Bennett's name is barely even mentioned in terms of guys that can win a Heisman trophy next year. And all this guy did is make a huge throw in the national championship game to win a to win a title, it was a huge throw. I mean, just no the love for that guy whatsoever. Dime. There's more hype around Caleb Williams and Spencer Rattler winning the Heisman than the reigning uh, Heis- or uh, national championship quarterback. Yeah, and we talked about his statistics from a year ago. Um, I, I think that they were really solid. Not Heisman level. You got to be. You got to have great stats to be Heisman. But the one thing we talked about is they had huge leads in a bunch of games, right? And they they had the best defense in college football. They have a defensive minded coach, and they played a a really really conservative brand of offensive football. So. 
it's hard to really dock him on on any of those things that are not really within his control. But on the other side of that, I hear you, but I don't think Stetson Bennett's the best player in college football. No, no, I, I don't either. And I wouldn't put money on him to win the Heisman. It's just more of just the massive disrespect right, that yeah. guy gets. Like some people were saying, some people were like shocked that he would have the audacity, Teddy, to even come back and play quarterback this year at Georgia. What's he doing? It's never going to get better than last year. Why would you risk all of that? I mean, you run the risk of people hating you now. It's like, what? Seriously? You just won a title and you guys are telling him to retire now? Jeez. I think it says, like, they've got a quarterback room that is loaded full of five stars, right? Georgia? Yes, they but do. I'm, no one's breaking through, man. Yeah, JT Daniels is out of there. Um, they got the Vandegrift kid. He's not going to be a factor there. What's the uh, was the Carson Beck kid highly recruited? I think all the guys that they the only guy that they have that wasn't highly recruited is, is the guy that just won them the national championship. Right. That's kind of my point, though. Is like they've. It's not like they haven't actively tried to replace him. They've been trying now for about two or th- two years. They have. They've tried. Like, whenever he first went in, it was like, this is a stopgap to just get us through a couple of bad bad moments Until JT here. Daniels gets healthy. That's what it right. was. And he wins you a national championship the next year, and people are still not giving him any respect. By the way, uh, the consensus was C.J. Stroud just going to go ahead and win the title. Don't play the season next year. Just go ahead and give it to C.J. Stroud, Ohio State quarterback. He'll win. Well, if I was C.J. Stroud, I would do everything in my power to not be the front runner at the beginning of the year. Well, too late. Yeah. And he did have a really good year. He came on strong. Remember – he was a freshman, redshirt freshman, and whenever he was coming out of the gate, it was a tough opening portion of the season for him, and he weathered that storm. Uh, they lost, what, week two to against Oregon. Oregon. Man, they got pounded by Oregon, too. Well, yeah, it, was, it ended up being 35-28, but you're right, Oregon dominated that game. But, you know, his stats ended up being really good. He threw – a pick in each of his first three games, one against uh, Minnesota, Oregon, and then Tulsa, and then he didn't throw another interception until like late in the season. He threw two against Nebraska and then one in the bowl game. Uh, he he ended up having a, a really nice statistical year: forty-four touchdowns to six interceptions. I mean, if, if I had to put money on anyone and not just like trying to find the value and the odds, it would be CJ Stroud just because like I, I don't they're not going to give it to Bryce Young again. Right. It, it would have to be no one else is worthy of the award. Let's just give it to Bryce Young. And really right. did we feel like Bryce Young was going to win it last year until he beat Georgia in the SEC Championship game? Uh I don't remember who the front runner really was. I don't feel like there was a front runner. It's right. like, all right, well, Bryce Young beat Georgia, so I guess we'll give it to him. Aiden Hutchinson ended up finishing second. If Bryce Young doesn't beat Georgia in the SEC title game, we may have a defensive player last year that wins the award. Yeah. I'm looking at this. C.J. Stroud was 66 of 84 for – 826 yards 
and eight touchdowns, no interceptions in the final two games against number seven, Michigan State, and number five, Michigan. He had those numbers and they still lost to Michigan? Yeah. Jeez. Against, against Michigan, he, was, uh, he threw for 394, 70%, two touchdowns, no interceptions. And that game didn't end up being all that close in the fourth 42, quarter, 42-27, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. Which maybe that's where it came. I don't even really remember it. Maybe he was throwing it against soft coverage late. But um, 32 of 35 for 432, six touchdowns against Michigan State. Jeez, Woo! that's a day. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Uh, a couple more segments here taking you home. We'll be back. Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas are just what you need on your drive home. It's the Rush weekday afternoons from 2 to 6 on your home for Sooner fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. Get your earlier today about the adversity that he faced at OU last season. You know what? It was crazy. It was a whirlwind. You know, we come in, uh, like you said, you know, sat my first year behind Jalen Hurts, learned a lot behind him, you know, how to, how to act on and off the field. He was a great leader. Um, he's doing his thing in the NFL now, so... Props to him, who still stay in contact. Uh, won the job my second year, had a great year. Um, lost only two games, and then this past year, you know, where you know, things went how they went. I couldn't control it. Uh, I felt like, you know, as a player, I was doing fine enough. Um, you know, we were undefeated at the time, and on a 13 or 14 game win streak. Um, but it, I guess it wasn't enough. Uh, I can't control that, and uh, I'm just happy I'm here now with Coach Beamer. Coaches that believe in the players and uh, great players around me that will all come together and will be a great team. So I guess Spencer Rattler also said in the press conference, quote, with South Carolina's pro-style offense, I have probably learned more in a month than I did the whole time under Riley, end quotes. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I don't really – this is just a guess – Everything in Lincoln Riley's offense seemed to be run from the sideline through Lincoln Riley. Totally. It sounds like in in the offense that he'll be running at South Carolina, there's way more stuff, way more responsibility on him at the line of scrimmage, which I think ultimately you want for a quarterback and here's the reason if I walk to the line of scrimmage as a quarterback and I evaluate the defense and then I just look to the sideline and run what the coach signals in the new play and then I just you know everyone gets that signal and then we're on to the new play I don't really know why it's a scripted offense is what it is like you're not you're not adjusting to the defense no I I totally agree with that well I don't if I don't if I don't make that change myself then I really don't know why so I don't know what I'm avoiding and I know there's I'm making it very black and white as if he can't see what is out there as well but I whenever you do it yourself the onus is on you you better absolutely know what you're looking at on the other side and I think one of the problems and and people have talked about lack of development for quarterbacks under Lincoln and you know he's always had to have a transfer guy and I I don't know that there's any truth to that but 
I guess what I'm saying is there's there's been no real reason for those guys to learn defenses and have to be absolute in it. Like you you can learn it and you can suggest it, but the right answer is given to you from the yeah, sideline. Yeah, yeah, this is your first look right here. This is where it How many how many real progressions though were in, you know, just a normal play in OU's offense? I'm sure that there were some. But I feel like for the most part, everything was drawn up to get either one or two guys open, and that's where you're going with the football. You know, what I, like I don't feel like it was a progression of this guy's an open check down, check down. It was kind of you know one thing or bust a lot of the time. Yeah, I mean, I think that is, I think that's a um, a product of number one, Lincoln's offense does not have checkdowns. Uh, number two, protection has not been to the level of being able to go through two or three reads and well, there's no doubt about throw it that. to a valve. One at the most recently, which you know, which goes back to, and I'm not trying to have a hate hate on Lincoln session here, but it goes back to his offenses that were the most successful. Like you watch Baker his last year, and you watch Kyler. They would have like 10 seconds to throw the football, man. This is amazing. And really, it's here's our route progression, and the route unfolds. Well, no one's there. I'm just going to stand here while the guys run around in sandlot football and find an opening, and then I'll hit hit a guy on a crosser. So that, that luxury, I think, stunts the... First read, second read, ball out. You know, whenever you have that avil- uh, that that real ability, and I don't know, I just I feel like we were lacking there, and that's to me that's probably what it is. Like he's got way more onus on reading defenses, understanding defenses, getting to new plays himself at the line of scrimmage, or at least having a way bigger role in getting. Yeah them to new players well, and he may he may be the one that's setting protection the point about the offensive line yes and that's got to be mule shoes biggest obstacle out there because as great of an offensive mastermind as people label him as you can turn average real quick with a below average offensive line and that's what he's working with next year mm-hmm. I, i'm really because i don't expect to see usc all of a sudden turn into a really good o-line next year I'm interested to see how he counters his deficiencies up front because we saw how much it can affect his offense last year and yeah. even the year before that. No, there, there is, there's no doubt. I what his plan is. Well, the key is the running game. And we've talked about I hammered and hammered and hammered on what they need to do in the running game to get to where they have their best offenses. And uh, like that has been really falling off in a massive way. They rushed for 3,000 yards in Baker's last year, you know, in 2017. 3,000 yards as uh, an offense, you know, almost six yards a carry as an offense. Like, those numbers, like, that's offensive line. Baker completing 70% of his passes, that's him standing back there unmolested, being able to deliver the ball on, on extended plays. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap it up next. Opinions. You've got them. We want to hear them. Sound off 24-7-365 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line.
at 405-651-3439. The Ref Radio Sports Network has the Sooner State covered. Yo, that's crazy. From Norman to Lawton, Clinton, Oklahoma City, Tulsa, and beyond. That's a lot of potatoes. And when you're away... Riverwind Casino and Hotel bring you the final hour of the rush as we close it up on this Thursday. Pretty fun little thread that we've got going on on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Find us on Twitter, The Ref. Uh, I, what's the strangest city slash town name in Oklahoma? I'm going to rifle through a few of them here. Maud. Hmm. M-A-U-D, yeah. of course. Little Axe. Slaughterville. Yeah. My late grandfather worked the oil fields in Whizbang. Hmm. Uh, Lukiba, Skyatuk, Tahlequah, Hooker, Kawita, Bowlegs, Sasakwa. Any of those uh, stuck with you so far? Yeah. Slaughterville's pretty good. I think any of the... I don't find any of the native named towns and cities strange. I think one of the strangest names is OK. OKAY. OKAY. Or what about Kansas, Oklahoma? Kansas, Oklahoma is confusing as hell. Yes. Like Texarkana. Uh, it's like in Texas and Ar- isn't it yeah. in Texas and Arkansas, Texarkana. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Hence it's the name. I think it's right there on the border with Lu- I think Louisiana is there too, right? Slapouts, Eric, Cookie Town, Corn. Mm-hmm. Corn Bible. I played Corn Bible in high school. They were not very good athletic department. Miami. Yeah, there's one. I still, I always fall back to, uh, oh, there's also out on on my side of the state, Redbird. I've never actually, I feel like, I feel like I've heard of every small Oklahoma town just because I've watched so much tornado coverage in my day. Redbird. They must not have a school. I don't think they do. I'm not even convinced there's a town, but we used to go dove hunting out out by Redbird. Nowhere, Oklahoma. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Bowlegs. Is it Hoka Town or Hocha Town? How do you say that one down uh, southeast? I say Hoka, but I'm not. That's just a the total guess. Marble City is on the text line. There's there's some good ones there. Marble City sounds like. Meth town? Well, I'm sure it is, but it sounds it sounds like it's something that's really nice. Mar- Marble Town sounds really nice. Marble really? City. Or Marble City sounds yeah. like really nice. It does. Well, let's look, let's go look at real estate there. Talk- Marble is that's highbrow. Yeah, cuz you got to be rich to have marbles. Well, like a- Marble bat. I I know. Yeah. Uh, Tom, Oklahoma. <laughs> yes, Hooker, Oklahoma. Everyone giggles at that one. Bowlegs, Porter. I think we've named every single town in Oklahoma at this point. Pink. Or, yes, Pink is a good pink one. Pink is a good one. That, yeah, that's... Pink is, uh, that's, that's one that you're going to hear on the David Payne tornado forecast. Yeah. Now, folks out there in Pink, want to go ahead and take, take your cover. T- tornado, tornado precautions. 
News 9. We're issuing our own News 9 tornado warning right here. No one else has this technology. Val, Only you're News about 9. 15 miles southwest. What do you see? <laughs> all right, that's it for us. It was a fun day. We appreciate all the interaction. Thanks for heating up that text line. Keep that up, folks. You drive this show. We appreciate you for it. Thank you to Pacifico. Go have a cold one. Wake up every morning with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. It's the T-Row in the Morning Show with Toby and TJ Perry on the home of Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Sports Talk, 1400 AM, KREF, Norman.